Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 122. And we don't have a Night Vale episode to recap this week, so we're going to talk about some other stuff. What should we start with? Well, I don't know. I was just looking up our placeholder content episode where we actually had a poll about what people might want us to talk about afterwards. And I think this is kind of funny. Okay, the options are the newest Night Vale episode, which we can't do because there isn't one. Sure. The Oscar-nominated movies they've seen, which we already did that. Yep. Um, Hannibal, which we've already done We've that. already done that. And then a little bit more stuff that we haven't all talked about. Uh, the Originals and Vampire Diaries, Top 10 Favorite Night Vale Weather, Helpful Movie Sites. We do need to do that at some point. The yeah, Where's the really Jump do. and uh, Does the Dog Die and things like that. Um, what we're going to commission our favorite artists to draw. We probably do need to discuss that at some point. Um, yeah. Transformers and something random. And I think today is probably going to end up being something random. I think you're right on that one because... Um, we don't have any new information on Transformers. All I've been able to find out about the whole foo that's going on at IDW, it is definitely going to be rebooted. IDW still has the Transformers license. And just based on what a commenter has said, James Robert is going to be part of the relaunch, but that he will probably be leaving a couple issues into the relaunch and doing something else. So no word yet as to why any of that's happening. Yeah, not, no official word. We still have the no. scuttlebutt about somebody didn't like the direction the comics were going and somebody else made a Twitter post laughing about it and then somebody got let go and some storyline got cancelled. Yeah, I also read an article that said that IDW's market shares, their finances were down in 2017, which tends to make companies panic a bit, so this could be like a very reactionary thing. You're like, well, we're not selling all the books, but I thought it was interesting Interesting, going on to some other forums of various Transformers sites, and as far as I can tell, it seems like it wasn't the, we were talking about like the progressive storyline with more female characters, more gay characters and everything, that actually didn't seem to bother people too much. A trans person actually did weigh in on the fact that like Anode and Lug, I believe, are both supposed to be trans characters, and some people were saying that Anode is a terrible representation of trans characters because she's just annoying and is flawed, and a trans person weighed in and was like, no, this is like so much well and above what we could have gotten, and it's so amazing seeing a trans character in a book. Um, They said, you know, don't be a what is it, a concern troll, I guess is what they called it, which I hadn't heard that term before, but they seem to think that was okay. People's problems was the dead Hasbro franchises getting in there, ROM, um, and Space Knights, Visionaries, Micronauts, that whole big crossover thing they had. I haven't found anybody who really got into that. Ah, and it just, it really kind of baffled me when they started that because it was based on the assumption that people who liked one 1980s property, Transformers, would automatically like all the other properties equally as well. And I've actually heard some people who've been super enthusiastic about ROM, but most of the time people are going to be interested in like the main one and then maybe one or two other ones. Hardly anybody's going to be into all of them. And yet I think they're being profitable dependent on everybody buying up all these titles as much as they're already buying up Transformers and G.I. Joe. True. And it also could be Hasbro had too much of a hand in it. And this is just sheer speculation 
once again, but you know, these are all Hasbro properties and Hasbro have been like, you know, you've got the Hasbro license for Transformers and G.I. Joe. How about showing a little love to some of the other stuff? And I'm thinking, mm, that never bodes well. But I don't know. It could be they got pushed into something they didn't want to do. It could be they got experimental and it didn't really work out. That happens. So, And yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather people not get stale. And, that's, and that goes right back to what we were talking about when we last discussed this. It's better to go out, to have the story go out on the top of its game than to keep going to the point where everyone's like, ugh, not another issue. Exactly. So, and once again, so no new news on our side, just lots more guesses. Lots more speculation. Hopefully we'll find out something soon. But anyway, so moving on to other things, you just finally watched another Marvel movie yesterday. I finally watched Guardians of the Galaxy 2 yesterday because I know that Infinity War is coming out in the end of April. And if I follow my usual path, I'm probably not going to see that right away. But I wanted to try to see as much of the Marvel stories as I can. And with that, uh, out of the way, I still have to watch Ant-Man and Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes, and I have not seen Spider-Man Homecoming, but I have seen Ant-Man, which is like one of the smallest of the Marvel movies. (laughs) But it is, it's not like an epic scale like some of the other Marvel movies. But I love Paul Rudd. I think he's really funny. And I think he did a really good job with the character. And I'm liking all the trailers for uh, Ant-Man and Wasp. So obviously I have to see the first one if I'm going to watch that one. But yeah. So what did you think of Guardians of the Galaxy? (laughs) All right. It was a goofy ass storyline, but I think that was on purpose. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it was just I mean especially the whole bit with Mantis and Drax that was kind of hilarious but you had texted me early in the afternoon and obviously giant spoilers for Guardians of the Galaxy 2 just in case but you had texted me early in the afternoon saying I'm Mary Poppins y'all and I'm like oh and I'm like wait for it. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn. Of course they killed him off. Yeah, but that would be why all of the Yondu Mary Poppins costumes just took all the hell off at Comic-Con. That was really cool. It was, I liked that bit. I liked any of the, the great big group power shots that they did, especially that one where the camera's spinning around right before Mantis gets clonked in the head, which is kind of right, funny. Of but, oh my God, it was beautiful, of course. You know, they always make a beautiful movie when they do Marvel. Oh, I'm trying to think about other things that I liked. Damn, man, that whole scene with Yondu and Rocket taking out an entire ship full of mutineers with a gun and Yondu's arrow thingy, that was really impressive. I mean, Isn't that amazing? That scene impressed me so much in the first movie when he took out a whole platoon of people whistling that little arrow thing. So for him to do it again on an even bigger scale was exactly what I wanted, which makes me even more ticked off that he's not going to be there anymore. But still, it was an awesome scene. (laughs) Yeah, that was really, really cool. And I just, I loved that scene. You think that Ego has convinced Peter Quill to be on his side, you know, and Peter Quill's got the strange eyes going on, and he said something about, you know, why did you leave my mother? And Ego is just very carefully explaining, you know, I loved her, and I came back to see her, and I knew that if I ever came back to see her again, I probably wouldn't leave. But it broke my heart to put that tumor in her head, and I swear to God, the entire audience gasped in the theater when he said that. It just it just hit me right between the eyes. Uh, that was one thing that made me glad I was watching that by myself at home because I just stopped and I rewound and I watched that again, especially to see yes. Peter's reaction to that. Just you know, his eyes go back to normal. Everything kind of focuses in on him. What? <laughs> 
was just, that was such a great moment because I think you even said that you had expected some type of reveal to happen, but that wasn't what you had expected. Yeah, I was, I was not as surprised about Ego mentioning that he had had a lot of other kids. Now, I was surprised to find out that he killed them all. <laughs> that, right. Yeah, that was a little bit, you know, that, and that he, everything he said, he was so blithe about it. Like, you know, well, of course he had to do that. Like, ugh. I like that so much better than scenery chewing, is when it's the person who's doing evil acts because they, honest to God, don't understand why anyone would expect something different. Exactly. He did a, they, everybody did a really good job. All the acting was really, really good. The writing was really good. It's funny. The battle scenes were amazing. I love that the opening credit scene oh, where they're yes. fighting that monster. <laughs> it's just so The fact fun. that the whole thing is this huge epic battle against a monster, but you're only seeing it in the background because it's all focusing on little baby Groot dancing. Exactly. It's like a little music video going on. That was so cool. And then, of course, I had to look up. I, I've never even heard of a Zune, which is the thing you gave him in the end to replace his Walkman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's 300 songs in here. And Peter's like, 300? Like, oh, yeah, because he's been doing nothing but playing those cassette tapes. And has like, what, maybe 15, 16, possibly? Uh, tops. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember. How long were those? T- they did like 60 and 90 minute tapes, right? Something it's like that. as long as you could get on one of those tapes. Yeah. And I know, you know, we could possibly look this up and see because they've sold the soundtrack as awesome some music mix one and two but you know why would we plan no never yeah i thought a lot of people had told me that they didn't like this one as much as the first because they thought it was basically the same story as the first i'm like i don't see that i really don't either actually um i liked how they fleshed out all the characters a little bit i mean and you know baby groot was sweet enough to give you cavities and i thought mantis was really appealing i liked her character and i liked how they animated her eyes so i just something about that really worked for me. God, um, I think the whole will they or won't they thing between Peter and Gamora, you know, that's that's fine. <laughs> it's, that's yeah. a standard trope. I'm sure they're going to be stretching that out until their first kiss for quite a while. Yeah, I like how they even mentioned that. It's like a it's like a Sam and Diane thing, will they, won't they. I'm glad that they actually like, it's one of those pointing out the meta-ness of this whole thing. Guardians of the Galaxy is really good like that. And oh my God, when Ego is yelling at him, telling him I gave you everything I could, and he actually turns into David Hasselhoff for a second. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I was impressed with the stunt casting on this one. You know, they actually had David Hasselhoff. They had Stallone coming in to do a part. And of course, Ego being played by Kurt Russell. So yeah, I think they really, it just worked. I mean, Goofy, yes. I I watched it without Nathan because Nathan doesn't have quite as much patience for the Marvel uh, superhero movies and he definitely doesn't have patience when they get silly. Yeah, and this one was never trying to take itself too seriously. Which made it fun. It really was fun. I was very impressed at the scene with Nebula and Gamora fighting. And, you know, when Nebula revealed earlier on that the reason why she's all covered in robot pieces, whatever, is because... Thanos would make her and Gamora fight and every time Gamora beat her then she, he would replace part of her so he could try to make her the equal to Gamora and you're just like she must yeah. have lost a lot and how much that would yeah. mess somebody up but I thought that was that was a really good scene between the two of them it makes me even more concerned now, though, because Nebula didn't join up with the Guardians of the Galaxy, so she's not technically a Marvel superhero, and yet she got an Infinity War poster and Loki didn't. Yeah, and then 
I was talking with Leland about it, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe there were any villains in those posters. I think it was all hero characters. So maybe we're actually going to get a series of villain posters next? Maybe? Maybe. I just, I feel like that would... I guess they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because because you don't want to like say, oh, he's the hero and then have him turn out to be a villain. You don't want to just say he's the villain. And yet leaving him off of the posters completely, you know, not having Loki appear anywhere just makes everybody convinced that the character's going to die. Well, I feel the same way about Hawkeye. I mean, I think because Leland also said he's like, they've been telling us be prepared for characters to die. Because, you know, this is franchise has been going on for 10 years now, and they really don't lose a lot of characters, and they had all of Civil War, and they didn't lose anybody. So we have to be prepared for somebody to die. And it just kind of feels like maybe Hawkeye's top of that list. I don't know why. I mean, other people have been saying Captain America because Chris Evans has said that he's pretty much done with these movies. But I don't know. And then some people have thought... Leland said that some people think that Spider-Man would die, but they would use the time travel Infinity Stone, whichever, to fix that. Because what's his bucket? Tom Holland? Mm. He's signed a five-movie contract, so he's not going to die anytime soon. No. Not for real. No. So, I don't know. It's... I got a lot of trepidation for uh, Infinity War, but yeah, maybe it'll be fine? <laughs> yeah, could be. But in other Marvel news, I'm about 10 episodes into the second season of Jessica Jones, and there's only, I think, like 13. <sighs> it's still pretty slow. Really and soap yeah. opera-ish, you were saying? A little bit. You know, there's not nearly enough, like, Jessica Jones being Jessica Jones. And this whole other storyline with Trish going on that I just... I, I, Honestly, don't care, you know? And I could also say, and you're going to understand this when you watch the episode, the tagline for Jessica Jones could be, Jessica Jones, answer your fucking phone. I mean, that is just over and over people trying to call each other, and the other person picks up the phone and sees who's calling and puts their phone away. I'm like, my God, that was the only way they had to move the plot forward was that nobody had a clue what anybody else is doing. Um, it's irritating I, every time they do it. And that's kind of interesting because I remember Nathan mentioning something about it's a game people can play with older movies. Like, try to pinpoint the moment where the plot would have fallen apart if somebody had had a cell phone. And now people are starting to maybe get a little bit tired of everybody being available all the time, and this is the only way that you could do that. Somebody wouldn't, you know, just forget to bring their phone along with them. They're obviously not answering it. I'm like, well, they yeah. could be like me and forget to charge it all the time. That's also believable. Right, exactly. That's why I liked in, in the first Jessica Jones season, at one point she like wakes up from a drunken night as usual, rolls over, picks up her phone, which she's plugged in, and she looks at it, and it's still dead. And she's like, does that puzzled, like, grabs the cord and realizes that the cord came unattached from the wall? I'm like, that's believable it right really there. That happens, yeah. So this is just... I could understand every once in a while somebody's doing something they shouldn't be doing and they don't answer the phone because they don't want to get into it. But we are talking multiple times this happens. I'm like, no, no, you guys, you're losing me every time it happens. Yeah, if you have to find some way to keep people, you know, not in contact, go into a place where there's no cell phone coverage. That happens too. I have to walk outside if I want to use my phone when I'm working because the entire inside of the building is nothing but a giant dead zone. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm hoping, I don't know, maybe you'll... I, there is a character, and I can't say anything right now because it'd be a giant spoiler, but another sort of major character, 
not one that you've heard of before, but a major character sort of joins it halfway through. And I like the person they got to play the role. I think there's something about them that's surprisingly appealing to watch. So when you when you watch it, we'll talk more about this and have all the spoiler warnings in there. But yeah, so far I'm like, hmm, maybe I need to sit down. Did you guys finish watching Punisher? No, actually, we're only about five episodes in, so I'm okay. I'm enjoying it. It's definitely a lot more violent and a lot more really nasty decisions being made about stuff. Um, boy, I really like the um, the theme music for the the intro. I mean, it's, oh, really? it's a guitar you know riff, and I like it. I like it very Good. much. And I think. The whole feel of, you know, this series is obviously a lot grittier and a lot darker. And that's cool because it balances out some of the bright, shiny Marvel stuff that goes on. Yeah, that's good to know. And then the other thing I just wanted to bring up real fast. How many episodes of Black Mirror have you and Nathan watched? Three. Okay. So our sister Hannah has been texting us because she got into it which is cool because she doesn't get into the Marvel stuff. So it's nice when she starts watching something that I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And she's seen five, I think. Something like that. Yeah. So she had been talking to us about it. She's enjoying it. It's definitely dark. It's a little depressing to go to sleep after watching one of those. But she had said, oh, I've seen three. And you had said that you had heard that four was really grim. Yeah, grimmer than the first three, which basically made Nathan and me run away screaming because it's just, it's it's not like, you know, hugely violent sort of or gory or anything like that. It's just really, really dark. Yeah, and so Hannah watched the fourth one and Hannah reported back to say, oh, I didn't think the fourth one was really so much grimmer than the others. And then she watched the fifth one. She's like, Okay, yeah, that got dark. Yeah, so, that she yeah. said that hurt my soul a little bit more than the other ones. Like, oh yeah. boy. And yet I was talking with two of my friends last night. We were just having beers at the bar and comparing notes on movies we've watched and Natasha and Elizabeth, other Elizabeth, they've both watched a lot of Black Mirror and they are appalled that I haven't watched any of it. They're like, no, seriously, it's good. You need to. And apparently later on, there's a Star Trek episode that just floored them. And so now I've really got to watch it. I know I have to watch more of it because both this year and last year, an episode of Black Mirror has been up for a Hugo Award. So it's really, you know, highly regarded by a lot of people. But wow. I mean, I think, and Hannah pointed out, and I think the first three, when Nathan and I watched it, it has to do with people... You know, it, a major part of it is people running afoul of technology and right. just what what technology can do to really mess with people. And Hannah thought that when it was focused more on the technology, that was easier to take. It's when you get more into the awful things that human beings do to each other in mass, like, you know, groups of people being horrible because that's what society has conditioned them to do. That's harder to take. Yeah, I like what you had said that you're like, well, technology is one thing. And it can be interesting in its way, but people being awful to other people seems more like a modern day never ending cycle. So that would be a little grimmer. Yeah, because it's, it's, you know, it's, you can't, you can ban a technology or a technology can go obsolete or we can all just adapt to use the technology better. But when it's people being awful to people, you have to change people and that's a lot harder. Yeah, I I need to watch it. I just really have to psych myself up to get into something like that. (laughs) 
will. I definitely will. I've had enough recommendations that I know I need to watch. I think it's more likely that I will watch more episodes of Black Mirror than I will ever finish the most recent um, George R. R. Martin book. So that, ah. in the in the Game of Thrones <laughs> series. So that's when I read those books, man. You know, while I was reading them, I couldn't think about anything else other than finishing the book. And then afterward, I'd be like, maybe it'll be a little while so I won't have to watch the characters go through more crap. That's what I always liked while you said that you had never watched the Game of Thrones TV show. You're like, no, I already did that to myself once. I don't think I could do it to myself again. I can't watch these characters suffering all the way through again. I just can't. Yeah, no. So the next thing I watch, I've got to find something fun and light and happy to watch. I don't know what that is yet, but I'm sure I'll find something. I think you'll like the uh, Christmas episode of Doctor Who. And I know I need to watch that. I even said last week I was going to watch it. Didn't happen. Oh, well. Busy week. (laughs) Ooh, there was something else that I saw that was uh, shared on Facebook. And it was that there's a Neil Gaiman movie coming out in May. Right. And I had not even heard that this was going to be a thing. Nope. And it's uh, How to Talk to Girls at Parties. And it looks like Uh. they are taking absolutely everything from the original story and chucking most of it out the window. But that's fine. I don't think the short story itself was really enough to make a movie. You're going to have to stretch it out a lot more. I hope Neil Gaiman's okay with that. I swear, the more I hear about the shenanigans that go on when a book is made into a movie, I'm surprised there are any good ones ever made, because it just seems like, I don't know, stupid floats higher, and that you get people who chuck everything that was good about the book in order to make the movie, and I'm like, well, then why even make it? Oh, I'll tell you what we've watched a couple more episodes of, American Gods. Ooh, yeah. Oh, man, we just got to the point with, um, what's his name, the Leprechaun? Yes. And he's, like, fighting with Laura in the hotel room, and she's just, like, using her fingertip to send him flying across the room, which is really impressive. But then he manages to tackle her and gets her into the tub, and he's, like, strangling her, even though he already knows that she's dead and that's not gonna help and the police come in and they drag him off and he's like she's not dead she's not dead watch and he looks down at her and she's just looking up and she's completely frozen like you know she's dead and he just looks at her oh you're an asshole (laughs) it's just so awesome i really i'm i'm glad we get to see more of her character yes yeah really because that's in case you have not read the book and were wondering she's not really in the book i mean we don't even We may see like a ghost dream image of her at one point in the book, but she does not come back as a character. Well, she does, but it's, you know, like in snippets. I mean, it's not, she's not traveling with Shadow so much in the book. It's almost like she sort of appears and then disappears sometimes. And then she appears in the end of the, closer to the end of the book. She certainly doesn't have an extended role like she does in the series. And I think right about now is when I'm starting to see more and more deviation from the book. And I'm still liking it. I mean, I love that, that it's a completely different story, but it's still really good. And in the case of, uh, what was her name? Audrey? I think so. I think she She's better in the TV series than she was in the book because she was oh, just she was a purposeless bitch in the book, but in the TV series, you're like, well, yeah, she's pissed. Of course, she's got a reason to be. They did such a great job, and I just think 
Neil Gaiman must have had a hand in it at all times, because yeah. even though it's deviated from the book, it feels so respectful to the book that you figure he had to have known about every single thing. Nobody ever tried to sneak anything by him, which is how you properly write a TV show based around a best-selling book. And damn, they certainly are giving Gillian Anderson a lot to do in uh, this yeah. this TV series. I mean, what? She's been uh, I Love Lucy. She's been yes. David Bowie, a very impressive David Bowie. Oh, and yes. she's been Marilyn. She she did such a great job as David Bowie. I loved her as I Love Lucy. I love that scene. She just, I'm sure they did some kind of either makeup or digital prosthetics to make her look a little bit more like Lucille Ball, but she just did such a great job. And I love to see her stretch in roles like that because she was wonderful in Hannibal, but when you get down to it, it was a very it could be in some ways a similar character to Scully in the X-Files. Very analytical, very logical, a more quiet character. And here is just like, no, just go nuts. Just, just, just do all the things. Have all the yes, fun. exactly. I guess it's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries, and the podcasts. And I've still got one interview to edit. And that was the one for Bad Samaritan, the movie that David Tennant's going to be in. And no, David Tennant is not in the interview. <laughs> he might be just a little bit big for WonderCon. I'm just going to take a stab at that. But um, hopefully I will have that up soon. But I guess next week we'll have a Night Vale episode to recap and maybe get into some of the other stuff that we keep saying we're going to do and we'll get around to eventually. <laughs> One day. We always have to leave something in the wings just for next time. Absolutely. So one way or the other, we'll talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. Loki's not on there because they still have... Hang a second. Car going by. Wow, what, was it like a semi? I, I think it might be a few motorcycles. I'm not sure. It sounds it's bigger than... Loud, though. I was like, it sounds like a plane taking off for crying out loud.